0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome back to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride interview series. My name is Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, and I'm joined by Andrew Filipponi. He's the radio host at 93.7, the fan in Pittsburgh. Did I hear this correctly? You call yourself the Pony Express. Am I getting that right? Yeah. I, love I, think, that. Nick
0: Ru- I think Nick Wright gave me that nickname. Do you guys know him? <laughs> yes, we know him well. We know him yeah, well. Yeah, he's a real pain there. in my ass. We've been <laughs> fighting with each other all week about this game. He's Good. delusional about a lot of things, but I'm sure he's number one in your books with all the uh, Chiefs propaganda that he puts out there.
1: Yeah, well, let's start there. What's the number one thing that's bothering you right now that he's he's pushing out there?
0: Well, most of his most of his LeBron nonsense. But I'm sure <laughs> you guys don't want me yeah to go on and on about that. No, I mean I think look, the Chiefs have clearly, uh, just by record and what they've done in the last you know seven games, they've been by that objective results measure the best team in the NFL, but. I don't know. I, I I know that the defensive numbers are great, but they still don't really from a roster standpoint defensively pass that eye test for me. Right. Like I think they've played well. I think that Spagnolo's done a really good job. I think that we can get into Melvin Ingram. I think that that move helped you guys a lot, but they don't Let me put it this way. I don't think of the Chiefs and say, "Oh, elite defense." They might have played great the last month or so, but I have a hard time believing that their defense is going to hold teams under 20 points a game in the playoffs. So that's really the one that irks me, and I've told them as much like, we get it, the defense is playing well, but let's not make them out to be the 85 Bears.
1: I think that might even be understandable to some Chiefs fans because it was such a Jackal and Hyde thing from the beginning of the season to the middle of the season. But let's zone in on on this game in particular, and I know that we're going to get into some of the – COVID-19. Can you hear the Starbucks lady?
0: By the way, guys, yes. did you hear her? She just handed handed me my drinks. Yes. yes. I was is Very, Pete. very.
1: Yeah.
0: I was more polite to you, and I was very rude to her. So
1: this is Pete, Andrew, and the Starbucks lady bringing your AP interview <laughs> series right now. Yes. No, so we'll get into the COVID nineteen list stuff in in a second because I know there's a little bit of that in Pittsburgh as well. There's a lot in Kansas City. Yeah. First of all, and and you mentioned it and alluded to it. The Melvin Ingram stuff. Melvin Ingram, as of this recording right now, and it is Thursday morning, is not on the COVID-19 list. The Chiefs just came through with no more COVIDs for at least Thursday, according to Ian Rappaport. So Melvin Ingram is in line to likely play in this game. What's the feel in Pittsburgh when it comes to to that move? How do Steelers fans view it? Is there some buyer, or I, I guess I should say seller's remorse when it comes to Ingram?
0: Yeah, I can tell you how I feel, and most Steelers fans should so listen to me on it because I think I'm right. Um, I, there's really no Benedict Arnold feel to this whatsoever. Like, I don't look at what Melvin Ingram did as a treasonous move. I look at him, you know, taking advantage of the Steelers' generosity in situations like this. There have been several players in the last couple of, in the last few years, Garrett Blunt. James Harrison, guys that were disgruntled and screwed around and didn't, you know, take their job seriously and acted unprofessionally. And the Steelers gave in and either cut the guy or traded him. And so Melvin knew that. He's a really smart guy. You know, if, if he didn't, his agent knew that. And so he was fed up. You know, I thought the Steelers, from a snap count playing time standpoint, yeah. You know, didn't do anything wrong by him. I mean, he's he was playing more in Pittsburgh than he has for you guys. If you right, just strictly right. look at the snap count number. But he probably figured if Highsmith was healthy, his playing time was going to go down. But, man, they've missed him. You know, Watt has missed games. He's had a groin injury. He had a leg injury, a knee injury. And mm. I loved the I loved the Ingram signing when it happened. And I felt like the Steelers sort of said... Look, man, you're in your early 30s. If you dog it here, you know, we'll bench you. We're not going to trade you. And good luck finding a job next offseason in free agency if you're not productive and you're not on the field.
1: Right, so that's right.
0: I would have drawn a hard line with him. They didn't. And I think it's a regrettable move, one that might come back to bite the Steelers in person on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm eager to see how Ingram does in this game. And and it certainly is a year in which a, a, in his older age for NFL terms, he's in sort of a prove it scenario. And I think yep. Kansas City maybe gave him a better opportunity. You mentioned TJ Watt, and I, I want to go to that point next. Outside looking in, you know, from Kansas City, I just find the Steelers are just a, a different team when TJ Watt is available. They seem like a, a true playoff team, a true playoff threat to, to anyone else. And he has been dealing with this great injury, but pleasant surprise for you guys. The fact that he wasn't on the injury report on Wednesday, he should be, you would guess from that, right? Fully good to go on Sunday then.
0: Yeah, I think so. And, you know, you can help me better from your standpoint on this, Pete. So the right tackle for you guys mm-hmm. is in COVID protocol, and is the backup injured or out too? Like, are you? Is this a yeah. Super Bowl situation where you guys are down <laughs> to like a third or third string?
1: Yeah, I got. Am I right about that? I got to caution you here. We we don't talk about the Super Bowl. You, you know, know what I mean? But uh, oh, no, sorry, no. Yes, no. It's uh, it's down to the third right tackle. So right now it would be Lucas Niang. He entered the COVID protocol this week. The backup would typically be veteran Mike Remmers, but he's been on injured reserve for a while. In the meantime, yep. the backup had been Andrew Wiley, who has a number of starts. I believe it was four or five starts there. So the Chiefs have someone that has played four or five games at right tackle to fill right. in if Niang is unable to go. But that still, yep. when you think about Wiley versus Watt, is yeah. not an ideal situation. No, that would be the correct answer.
0: Yeah, that's why I think that's really where the game has to be won for the Steelers. Is that they have a defensive player that 17 and a half sacks most in the league and he's missed games and he's come out of games with injuries when he is a hundred hundred percent he is on the level of aaron donald and jj Watt in his prime as a game wrecker and they're double teams there are chips there are tight ends that help out there are running yeah. backs i mean they throw everything at the guy and as long as he is not dealing with something that's limiting him from a physical standpoint he's a monster in every game so you know as i've gone through you know what are the crazy things that would need to happen for the steelers to upset the upset the chiefs i think the one that is the most plausible is that watt just blows up everything kansas city tries to do from a deep from an offensive standpoint the guy has a forced fumble a few sacks And he just makes that offensive line in Patrick Mahomes' life miserable, and it affects Andy Reid's play calling in the game. So he is, the numbers don't do it justice. He is, in my opinion, right now, the best defensive player in the NFL, bar none.
1: Andrew Orlando Brown was on the mic yesterday, and and you could hear that on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network on from the podium, but he essentially said that T.J. Watt should have been the defensive player of the year the past two years. Remember, Brown had gone up against him as a member of the Ravens and saw him up close and personal, and I I tend to think he actually will be the defensive player of the year this year, so the Chiefs will have to to deal with that. We are going to get into the COVID stuff, and I want to get your reaction on that, but I want to ask you about the Steelers and the organizational picture as a whole. Are yep. the Steelers looking at this final stretch as okay? Let's get Ben into the playoffs one more time, and it'll be deemed a success. Or is there a greater aspiration there?
0: When he returned, it was the idea was let's send him off better than mm-hmm. the image of him crying on the bench next to Marquise Pouncy yeah. after getting embarrassed at home in the wild card round by the little brother Browns. So that is the internal expectation for them in 2021. If you look at it that way, it's to win a playoff game. Now, maybe they would parse it and say to be competitive and not get embarrassed or blown out in a wild card game, but they have not won a playoff game in four years. If they don't win a playoff game this year, it'll be the longest drought without a playoff win for the Steelers in the modern era, going back to when Chuck Noll was hired. I mean, that's the type of... Right. You know, other organizations of five years might not seem like a big deal, but it is in Pittsburgh when winning is an institution and the standard is to be a Super Bowl contender. So when they brought Ben back this year, I think the formula was great defense, first-round running back, let Ben manage the game. Maybe he's clutching a couple of fourth quarters and can turn back the clock here or there, but, you know, we'll try to win like 10 games get into the playoffs. Maybe it's good enough to win the AFC North. Maybe it's not, but Hey, let's win a playoff game and see where it takes us from there. So that is what I think they wanted when the season started. Now, Pete, I feel like, you know, as watered down as the AFC North is, I think if they repeat as champion and they keep the other three teams out of the playoffs, If in Ben Roethlisberger's final season as a Steeler, if they make it in the other three teams with Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks, with young quarterbacks in their prime, have to watch the Steelers' wildcard weekend, I think that'll be enough to satisfy a lot of fans here and probably the organization as well.
1: Interesting that you say that about the Steelers franchise, and and it stu- struck a chord with me because I, I ended up doing this deep dive on, on Clark Hunt and bringing the Andy Reid regime here after the Super Bowl win. And I remember one of the things that Clark Kahn, after what was the Scott Pioli disaster was looking for was building an organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers who really I think over the last two decades been in a sense the definition of consistency and I think a lot has to do with Mike Tomlin and, and keeping them good and they're just one of these historic and proud franchises that you know I know a lot of people will say this about the Raiders and Chiefs fans won't agree but when the Steelers are good the NFL is is in better shape and so to me uh, that stands out, and I'm eager to see where, where the Steelers go after you know Big Ben kind of moves on with his life, and, and we'll see uh, how they respond to that. I want to talk about this game. I know that it'll be a big break for Steelers and, and Steelers fans if Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey don't go. I want to ask you about uh, the guy that appeared on the COVID list for you, inside linebacker Devin Bush. How big of a loss would that be for the defense?
0: He's not one at all.
1: Not it's one actually been
0: a liability for them. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of Steelers fans when the news came out, you know, there wasn't a lot of sensitivity to it and there was a ton right. of like this is addition by subtraction, which you kind of hate to see when we're dealing with a pandemic. But right. you know, all things being equal, if we're just diagnosing this and analyzing it from a football perspective, you know, it's not a significant blow to their defense at all. And you might think from where you sit, Kansas city, Pete, Oh my God. Like this is the guy they traded up to get with the 10th pick in the draft. Right. It should be like they're Micah Parsons or Patrick queen or one of those guys. He's not, he's been mm. a total bust. He has, I think the knee injury has affected him more mentally than it has physically. Uh, I think he's a guy that, you know, I've heard former players say if I was a running back or an offensive player, you know, I percent. If I was questionable for a game, I'd get healthy to face him because he doesn't he doesn't fight off blocks. He actually got benched at the end of the Titans game, and with the season on the line, uh, Mike Tomlin had him on the sideline. So, ideally, Pete, when they picked him, it right. was for a game like this. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you've got Travis Kelsey out there. You want a sideline to sideline linebacker, somebody that has the speed and athleticism to match up with some of those guys and that was the idea that was the premise and the execution has just been terrible i don't think that they'll pick up his 50 year option mm. if they do it's because they're stubborn and they don't want to admit their mistake
1: pittsburgh doesn't usually double down on those type of guys I, I think that is a sign of a good organization where where you are able to cut your losses so i am eager to see what happens with that situation this is a question i ask every week on the arrowhead pride interview series if you could name one underrated offensive player and one underrated defensive player that maybe Chiefs fans wouldn't know about that they should look out for in this game?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Man, it's hard to come up with anybody offensively because the Steelers offense blows. I mean, it is about as (laughs) anemic as it gets. They won a game with under 200 total yards last week. But you know what? I'll tell you, I think this is the best answer to that question, Pete, for their offense. If you don't watch the Steelers every week, yeah. And you just do what most football fans do. They're going to play your team on Sunday. You go to like their pro football reference page, and you just look at their like baseball card stats, their numbers. You might think Najee Harris is having a bad year. He's not. Mm. Their offensive line opens no holes. I've mm. never seen a Steelers running back in my life look better averaging three yards a carry. I mean, he has to earn every single one of them so he has the potential to be now I still don't like taking running backs in the first round but he has the potential to be a great player I don't know if he'll have longevity but if they put a line behind him and a quarterback that can move the ball downfield he's going to be a real problem for teams as early as next year if the Steelers can get that figured out and you know defensively I'm going to still say Hayward because okay. I don't think he gets, I don't think he gets the credit around the league that he deserves. I think that there's an acknowledgement that he's a very good player, that he's kind of a throwback stealer, steel curtain type guy. Right. But you know they have lost Stephon Tuitt for personal reasons, and Tyson Alualu, their nose tackle, to a torn ACL, and yeah, their run defense stinks right now. But I can't. I mean, they would be—they'd be the worst defense in the NFL, even with Watt. If they didn't have Hayward, I think they would—they would challenge the Jets for the honor of being the worst defense in the NFL. That's how much he means to them up front.
1: <laughs> well, that—that—that that, that might actually be the most underrated player that we've heard on on these True. these uh, airwaves, I guess you would say, uh, since we started the Arrowhead Pride interview series this year. Okay, I'm going to end here with you, and and I know this is a difficult question because we don't really know who's even going to be playing in this game as far as activations, and who knows if the Steelers have more players on the COVID list by the time you're even hearing this. But how do you think this game goes on Sunday? What are you predicting?
0: Well, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I'll start there. I'll uh, allow for your viewers to let out a sigh of relief. The Steelers are not (laughs) going to come in there and win on Sunday. I think the game has a strong possibility or likelihood to be a one score game late into the fourth quarter and i say that because you know the steelers defense running backs whether it's foreman in tennessee who's a backup and journeyman or Dalvin cook the week before that at less than 100 percent if the chiefs just come out and run the ball in this game right. they're going to destroy the steelers yeah, the, the, yeah. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, you name it, whoever. I don't know that the Chiefs are going to commit to the run that way. So uh, if they want to throw it 40 times, I think they'll keep the Steelers in the game.
1: All right. Well, you heard it here first. The Chiefs should be running their offense through Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Maybe if, if Hill or Kelsey's even on the field, it sounds like that's probably the way to go with the way the Steelers run defense um, has looked this this season. All right, Andrew, uh, we appreciate uh, a lot of the insight. It's Andrew Filippone of 93.7, the fan in Pittsburgh. We thank him for joining us on the Arrowhead Pride interview series.